0: Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages.
1: Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello,
0: hello. I am Lana Reed, and welcome back to this week's edition of Don't Box Me In. Today, we're going to get motivated, inspired, and focus on the grand prize of life. We will get pointers on finding balance in life, managing time, becoming a super achiever, and so much more. And the lady who is here with us to give us tips to taking it to the next level is Marnie Swedberg. Marnie is the online mentor to over 14,000 leaders from 30 countries training busy. That is best unique strategies for you. She is a syndicated radio talk show host, the author of 12 how-to books, plus she personally oversees two businesses in the retail and restaurant industries. She consistently shares practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. I'm so glad to have her on the show with me today, and with pleasure, I welcome Marnie to Don't Box Me In. Welcome, welcome, Marnie.
1: Hi, Lana, and hi, everybody. It's so great to be here. Likewise. We're so glad to have you. Now, we are talking to you from where? Well, actually, if you look at a map of the United States, at the very top in the center, there's a hook that goes up into Canada, mm-hmm. and that's at the top of Minnesota, and we are right on that little hook. So, we are in War Road, Minnesota, a tiny town in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> Coming to you and I love the Internet because you can be anywhere you want, anytime you want. (laughs) I
0: love it. It is true that the Internet has opened so many doors for us, so many doors. Now, you've always been in this little town in Minnesota?
1: Born and raised in Minneapolis and then we've been up here for 30 years. And what's really cool about it is that, uh, we're right on the Canadian border. And from now on, whenever you hear the coldest place in the, te- in the United States, you'll probably think of me because oftentimes that's us here in War Road, Minnesota. So all of a sudden <laughs> your radar is going to be up in the winter and you'll be going, I know somebody there. <laughs> I know Marnie. She's probably got. 22 layers on in that that's right that's right in her warm cozy
0: house (laughs) okay all right somebody uh you are truly what we define a busy busy woman and my head spins just thinking about all the different hats you wear but let's just start with you know one of the roles that you have you are a wife and a mother now let's let's see
1: how long have you been at that particular part of your career Well, Dave and I are 33 years this year, so that's amazing. And then we have kids who are 29, 27, and 23. And so, uh, loving, loving life as a wife and a mom and watching the kids uh, develop into their own, you know, careers and families and just so much fun to do that.
0: Awesome, awesome. I love to hear long term mar- marriages and, uh, you know, just the whole wife and motherhood thing that requires a lot of time management and balancing as well. And we're going to talk about that uh, later on today. Now, uh, one of the other hats that you wear. Um, and like I said, I just, I cannot, when I read your stuff, I just cannot fathom that, you know, you actually have that many hour, time, hours in a day to fit all this in. But one of the other things you do is you run two businesses in the Minnesota area. Now, uh, that is the uh, M&K Takeout and Solutions Retail. Now, how did all of that come about?
1: Um those were both my husband's idea. Um <laughs> and you were along for the ride, right? Okay, honey
0: <laughs> Sure, but we can do this, okay.
1: So we were we were homeschooling and uh so our kids all came through the whole uh, growing up being homeschooled and I was doing a lot of volunteer stuff and writing books and then uh, one day we were driving by this little restaurant a little takeout restaurant and my husband said to me have you ever thought of buying M&K takeouts and I'm like no <laughs> and we kept on driving that was the end of that a week later on the way to church again he said to me have you ever thought of buying M&K takeouts I said no but something's <laughs> up you are thinking about this <laughs> so, so we talked about it and six weeks later we owned that business and not only that, but he kept his managerial job. Um, he's um, HR, uh, human resources. And so he kept his job, which was in a city about 30 miles away. And I became the manager of that restaurant, never having worked at a restaurant in my life. Oh So talk (laughs) about getting thrown into the deep end. (laughs) Sink or swim time. Sink Sink or swim time. That's exactly right. And so for the next six weeks or so, all I did was in the morning, I got up. I did what had to be done at home before I left. Um, The kids were a little older at that time, so I could get them going in the right direction. They would come over for part of the day and then uh, go. I would work all day, top to bottom, uh, pay the bills at night, fall into bed and do it again the next day. And after a while, after a while, uh, we had trained staff. When we bought it, it was just about uh, going under. They had mm-hmm. really no trained staff and, and the people they had were not, not good for the business. And so we had to replace and hire and all that kind of stuff. And he was remodeling at the same time. So after a while, though, we had trained staff. It started to get better. But about uh, two months later, three months later, he asked me, he said, how's it going for you? And I said, well, we're going to have to make a decision here. We're going to either have to change something at the restaurant or else we're going to send the kids back to school in January. (laughs) This isn't going to work. I can't do all of it. Uh-huh. So uh what, what happened was he said, Okay, well let's change something at the restaurant and he said otherwise we will, you know, send the kids to school. But both of us really had a heart to keep homeschooling. So mm-hmm. what he did is he implemented a three prong bonus system and one of the prongs was send Marnie home. That was okay. the name of the bonus. Okay. And our staff still to this day, twelve years later, get a bonus if they keep me from from cooking. If they keep me from being on-the-floor cooking, they get a bonus at the end of the month. And so what happens then is that they work really hard to cover the shifts themselves. They they trade with each other. If they're sick, they call and find their own sub. Uh, they, are, they know what category or qualification level they're at, so they know who they can ask, and it's going to still work all right. And they really leave me out of all of those decisions. And so that's one of the things that makes it possible for me to do other things, is that both of our staffs at the restaurant and at the retail store I'll work to make sure that I'm not doing things that they can do now there's things that only I can do they leave those for me
0: (laughs) awesome I love that I love that now the solutions retail how did that come
1: about. Well, we really enjoyed owning a restaurant. The first few months were very stressful, but after that, we really enjoyed owning a restaurant. And so um, my husband decided that he'd really like to leave corporate uh, America and go into um, another business. And so one wasn't, it, it's it, in a small town, it's a little difficult to make enough money off of one small business. And so we were really looking around for quite a long time. And we found this business that was a former, it uh, when we bought it, it was a Ben Franklin, which as you probably know, is a Variety store, mm-hmm. and uh, um, we transferred that then into solutions spelled S O U L, like heart, soul, mind, mm-hmm. and strength solutions store. And we brought in a bookstore and a coffee shop. And upstairs, we took the warehouse. Um, I shouldn't say we, he did all the <laughs> modeling work. <laughs> I, I manage the businesses, but he does all like the hard labor. Okay, okay, that's, husband uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's yeah, we call him the owner visionary guy, and then I do. Whatever you know to make it work down with the employees and sure. on the floor level. So anyway, um, he trans, uh, transformed that top warehouse unit into an indoor blacklight mini golf, eighteen holes, oh. indoors. So and as you can imagine, in northern Minnesota, when it's winter all the time, um, it's a wonderful place to, for families to come for birthday parties and hockey teams come in and you know take a break from from playing hockey and do some miniature golf. So it's been really a lot of fun. There's twelve departments in there, and what we learned when we bought it was that every department. Has its own business plan, so we had to learn 12 new business plans. <laughs> wow. So that's kind of how that one came about. We have 50,000 individual SKUs or items in the store and we hand select each of those. So unlike when you go into a Walmart, Uh when you get to just, you know, they tell every Walmart, you know, gets pretty much the same, you know, instructions and they show you how to set up the gondola or the display. Mm -hmm. We have to do all that from scratch. So it's really a ton of work. We have great staff and wonderful customers. Awesome, awesome. Now let's do some shameless plugs here. So the M&K
0: takeout, what kind of food do you serve there and where can we go when we're in the Minnesota area to to get some food from you?
1: Okay, well if you want to come here, you have to be intentional about it because we're not <laughs> on <out there> anywhere. <laughs> But if you are here, mktakeouts.com is the URL so you can at least see what we're serving. And we have some of the best Mexican and pizzas in the world, really. We have people who travel here from all over. We have people who tell us that they drive two and a half hours out of the way. When they get home to a neighboring city that's a long way, they'll come up just for the tacos. So really, really great food. And then Solution Store, that's the URL of that one, solutionstore.com. And again, that's spelled S-O-U. Okay, okay.
0: So we can play some golf and get some pizza and some tacos. There you go. Awesome, awesome. So when you took over the restaurant, um, did you bring the recipes with you or were they already uh, integrated with the restaurant when you took it over?
1: We kept almost every recipe they had and almost every vendor they had. They had done a wonderful job of selecting vendors. And so when we did the taste test with, of course, when you buy a restaurant, then everybody wants you to, you know, switch over <laughs> to them as a vendor. So we had all the taste testing going on. And really, they had selected just the best tastes possible. So what we did is we just added some things like it was a Mexican restaurant, but it had a very limited menu. So we added things like quesadillas and beans and rice and, you know, I mean, just kind of other stuff that was would take it um to another level of how much there was to offer but we retained most of what they had okay
0: okay now i'm curious now before you the kids came along you know back when it was just you and the husband or maybe even previous to that had you had any experience in the restaurant or i mean did you
1: manage employees before or was this really just all new for you It was really all new for me, except that I had my first book, which came out with St. Martin's Press in 1996. is called um, Marnie's Kitchen Shortcuts. And in that book, and that's been re-released now in 2012, so it's an updated version called Kitchen Shortcuts. But in that book, I I explained the strategies of how I ran my home kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so I was very quickly able to adapt those strategies to the restaurant and make it much more efficient than it had been or than it would have been without that background.
0: Okay. Okay. And I did see, um, you, and we do mention you have 12 books, and that was one of the ones that kind of caught my eye there, the uh, kitchen tips. Now, uh, I guess before we go to commercial break here, can you tell us what is it that you think in the kitchen that we find our most waste or most ways that we can be uh, more efficient in now that
1: you've learned all this from the business and your home life? Absolutely. One of the things that I teach people is to do one mess, many meals. So what we typically do is we go into the kitchen and we spend, you know, half an hour or whatever making supper tonight or whatever we're going to do in there. And then we clean it all up and and we're done. We had one mess and one meal and that was it. So what I always encourage you to do is anything that you can do multiples of while you're doing it, if you can um, brown up additional um, like burger if you can grill up additional chicken breasts if you can cut up additional vegetables while you've got the mess out right there what that does is that saves time later on when you come back and I go into really a lot of ideas and strategies about that in the book so that you can really maximize every minute that you spend cooking can be fully maximized and you don't have to redo it for quite a long time after. Okay, cool. And you also mentioned something
0: um, about grocery store visits. I'm curious, uh, what is it when we're, when we're shopping? What is it that
1: we're doing wrong when we're going shopping? Well, if if you just – the statistic is if, for every 17 minutes you spend in the store, you spend four hours' worth of wages. So, And that's true for people who make mm. a lot of money or a little money. So the goal is to get in and get out and to stay out as much as possible. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I, I, teach, like I, I teach you how to do that. And <laughs> basically, if you can know where you're going and what you're getting before you go in, which is a list, and the list would be set up in the order of the aisles of your store. Mm-hmm. so that you can go directly where you're going and get out, and that is going to save you the most money. Yes, and I think people don't really understand that there's a whole psychology
0: to the design of stores oh my goodness. To, to get you in there and to buy stuff that you didn't even come in there for, and once you have a handle on that, I mean, I think it, it makes you much more efficient uh, of a grocery shopper there. Absolutely. You know, you know, like the milk and eggs is always in the back. We always need milk and eggs, but that process of getting to the milk and the eggs, you know, like, oh wow, there's cookies, and oh look at these potato chips, and oh yeah, I could use some soda, and by the time you leave the grocery store, you've probably bought, you know, 30, 40, even more uh, dollars worth of merchandise that you did not need at all. And then you get home and you didn't buy what you needed. <laughs> Now, what did you find coming up uh,
1: when the kids were coming up? It was easier for you to shop by yourself or taking the kids with you? Well, because I was a homeschooling mom, the kids always came with me. So that was <laughs> there was no choice in that for me. And you know, I think that you know, talking about that, um, and we can talk about this a little bit after the break too. Setting up some basic um, policies and rules in your family is a good, healthy thing, and that helps you to survive things like shopping trips with children <laughs> and other. <laughs> Basic life events. <laughs>
0: oh, yes, yes. I can tell you now. Mommy, Mommy, I want I – want. wait, hold on a second. I'm trying to get through my list here. I've got the coupons here. Now, hold on a second now. <laughs> All Absolutely. right. We're going we're to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll be uh, back with more Marnie Sweat. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I am talking, spending time today with the lady behind uh, Marnie.com, Miss Marnie Swedberg, right? Swedberg. That's right. Okay. (laughs) Before the break, uh, we were uh, discussing setting some guidelines and rules for uh, grocery shopping with the kids. And I'm pretty sure these are guidelines that uh, will probably spill over to other areas of life. But if you can possibly share with us, because you were helping us out with uh, getting a handle on our, our grocery shopping here.
1: Well, I would love to talk to this subject because so many moms are really frazzled, and dads too, uh, really frazzled because the kids take them way to the level and past their level of, (laughs) of what they can handle. And honestly, that's where we get to the point where we make really rash decisions. We make rash statements that are hurtful. We maybe even lash out at a child. And it's unnecessary if there are boundaries set in place in advance. So from the time that our kids Kids were teeny tiny, Lana. What we, what I started teaching them this when I was changing their diapers. Mm -hmm. Really tiny. So on the changing table, if they had a squirmy fit, I would just gently just swat real gentle butt just so that it stings just a bit. Just Mm -hmm. swat the butt, pull them down, say, lay still. I mean, you need to lay still. Now, that was telling the child what I required. That it was about me. What was I going to allow the child to do on the changing table? And then when we moved into the bathtub, um, as soon as they were able to sit up, And um, stand up themselves. Then they were responsible to put away their own toys. And all we did with that is the first few times they were able to. Then I would put my big mommy hand over their little tiny child hand, and I would grasp a toy and put it into the little toy, you know, toy bag there in the in the tub. And then after a while, pretty soon, they would just play in the tub. And then when they were ready, they would put all their toys away, and they would stand up and say, "All done." Mm -hmm. And that was that was how that worked. And then as soon as they were tall enough to begin to be in their own bed they would learn to make their bed now you, you know you have to do this at the levels that they're capable of of course it isn't going to look like an adult made it and if that's necessary for you to do then you're going to have to go in afterwards and say that was your part now mommy will do her part like mm-hmm. that and what you do is you from a very young age you train them that we are a partnership we are a family I'm not doing everything for children children are part of this process it's and true. we have to keep remembering that we're not really raising children we're raising responsible adults. And if we, if we, if we lose sight of what we're really doing as a parent, then what we do is we just cater to them all the time. They always get their own way. You're exhausted. You're short on love because you're expending really too much. And, uh, the child doesn't really learn responsibility. So the sooner you can begin to apply some leadership, and some boundaries that's going to help you so much and what I always say is don't tell them what they're going to do you as the parent, say what you're going to do Mommy's going to, um, make this dinner now, and, um, I need you to set the table, so as soon as that's ready, then we can eat. Not ready, not ready, not ready, not ready. Okay, (laughs) so then you have to set the next boundary. If it's not ready by this time, mommy's going to have you go in your room. (laughs) Mommy's going to do this. So what we do is we invite and then we tell them what we're going to do. And that makes the responsibility theirs, they have a choice, and we all have choices all the time. Lana, we're still making choices that affect other people every moment of every day. All of our choices affect people around us, and we need to teach them that from a very young child. Every, every action, every choice has a consequence, good or bad. True, true. And you know, you mentioned you know, these
0: tips so that, you know, parents are not uh, so frazzled with the whole process. And it, it can be an overwhelming thing, you know, especially if you're, you're working, you come home, you're trying to put something on the table or whatever. And I've noticed that there's a tendency, especially with today's generation of parenting, that we will uh, give these things to our child to, to babysit them that really kind of disconnect the whole family lifestyle. Like, you know, you might plop a child in front of a TV, you might plop a child in front of some sort of computer or whatever to give you that space and time to do these things, but at that same time, you're not teaching them these responsible um, tools that they will need, like, okay, I need you to go in here and set the table, I need you to clean your room, I need you to do these things, you know, we're just giving these tools to give us peace of mind, but we're not doing our due diligence as parents and giving our tools, equipping our children with the
1: tools to become responsible people when they leave our households. Absolutely. I like to use a balance wheel. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can just kind of shift and talk about balance just a little bit because this is what is so helpful. Like you said, you know, you kind of lose track of what you're doing to um, punt. <laughs> <And> <laughs> what, we have, what we really want is we want base hits or we want to have home runs. You know, we, yes. want, we want to really nail it as a parent or in life generally. And what happens is we begin to punt in certain areas and that really um cripples us in Mm -hmm. a certain area in our life but sometimes we don't see it so if you think of a wheel like the wheel on a bicycle Mm -hmm. and you think of the spokes each as a portion of your life and maybe if you have a piece of paper or a little napkin handy just draw a circle on that and just cut it into eight pie slices just eight Mm -hmm. even slices okay and then you're going to just label each category each spoke of your wheel if you would with a different um with a different category in your life. So maybe it would be family and friends. Uh, Maybe it would be marriage might be one. Um, Maybe you would go finances or money. Maybe Mm -hmm. your physical body would be one, taking care of yourself. Maybe getting enough rest would be its own category. (laughs) Maybe work and career might be a category. Uh, Possibly recreation and leisure. Uh, Maybe your spiritual development. All of these things, you you would just go, what are my eight categories that I want to focus on just right here? And then you would rank them. So you would say, if you're all the way out to the outside edge, if you could color that in all the way to the outside edge, you would be rocking that category. (laughs) I feel like money is great i don't have any stress about money i don't worry about money money is great it's all the way down to a 10 you know i'm spending my money wisely i like how much i'm saving uh all that you know is is in that category okay that's a 10 well let's say that money isn't so great well then you need to go down to like a three or maybe a zero it would be you wouldn't even get to color it in at all Mm -hmm. as you go around this balance wheel and you color in to the level, to the percentage that you think that you're really at peace in this level in your life where it's going well. You know, nothing's ever perfect really, but it's, it's going well and you feel like you have a handle on it. You're, you feel like you're doing a good job in that area. Color it all the way out or however close. What you're going to find is you're going to have a couple spokes that are really problematic. And you've been wondering why when you're biking through life, you're going, you're going thunk, funk, funk, yes. And it's so much work. And okay. so what you can see with this balance wheel, it really helps us to identify where we need to focus a little more attention on. You know, where is it that we need to just spend a little time either reading some material, um, getting a little more training, making a decision that's going to make a small change and move us toward getting full you know, performance in that spoke in our life. And when we are out to the edges or close out to the edges on all of these, it's such a sweet ride. It's so much better. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about, Lana, before it came on is all the stuff that I've lived through. And I really feel like if I hadn't had a balanced life coming into the hardships that I have faced I don't really see how I could have survived them because hardship itself is like you know it's like a stress of its its own thing (laughs) is a stress and it causes so much extra pressure in your life and if everything else is also pressure in your life that's, that's when you have the meltdowns. That's when you really struggle. So I just feel like this is, when you have seasons where you have any minutes at all to, to devote to personal development, the balance wheel is a wonderful way to identify what to start with. I love the balance
0: wheel. I really love the balance wheel because, you know, a lot of times people, you know, they do find themselves in places in life and they're like, why is this happening now? Why am I going through this? Why am I in this repetitive cycle? But if they take the time to sit down and analyze, it becomes so clear what what is lacking and what they need to be proactive about and, and make the necessary changes. And, you know, like you mentioned, personal development is so important. And it's it's something that I find people just really don't spend enough time doing. But you can't get to where you dream of being without putting in an actionable plan to get there. You know, a lot of people, oh, one day, someday I'm going to be. But they don't understand that it does
1: require an actual effort on your, you know, your part to, to get there. Right. Absolutely. There's two things I want to address from that. First of all, I feel like a lot of people really don't understand what relaxes them. Like if you think that watching TV relaxes you, there's a test. (laughs) There's a test I want you to do. (laughs) Because this is going to help you identify what truly does relax you. So when you're really exhausted, and you do something, you uh, watch TV or read a book or take a nap or go for a bike ride or whatever. When you get done with that activity that you hoped would relax or rejuvenate you, do you feel, A, uh, tired and ready for more of what you were just doing? Or do you feel, B, energized and ready to go back at work? Mm. Okay. So rest is truly only rest if it recharges you and leaves you refreshed and ready to go back at something, if you come out of your so-called rest exhausted, that's really not rest. That was entertainment or amusement or time-wasting, but it wasn't really restful. <laughs> and we do waste a lot of time. We do waste a you lot time. So I think what happens with a lot of people is there's time for the self-development. There's time to do your dream, whatever it is, if you will recognize how to truly rest. But if you are false resting, if you're actually investing time in something that's not restful to you, what you find is you will not have the energy to do the things you want to do in life. And then the other side of that, you know, the flip side, if you go to the way opposite end of the spectrum, is stress. Stress is a good thing at the mm-hmm. right level. We've got to have it. If yes. you think of a bottle of pop or a a bottle of soda, if you shake that thing up with the mm-hmm. lid on and then release it, it had too much pressure. Uh-huh. <laughs> but if you take the lid off and leave no pressure in there for too long, it goes flat, right? There yes. is a perfect level of pressure. Same with an automobile tire. Mm-hmm. Same with the process of refining diamonds it has to be a lot of pressure and when we're being refined when we're being uh, in a growth season where we're actually getting better at something we're going to feel that stress mm. but that's okay so I wanted to just uh, attack both of those sides the rest side is so critical and the willingness to be under a little bit of stress both of those have to happen if you're going to reach your goals
0: Awesome. I love that. So, everybody, we're going to be aware of false rest, and stress is a good thing from time to time. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back right after this. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed welcome back welcome back today I am talking to the uh, online mentor to over 14,000 leaders from 30 countries uh, Miss Marnie Swedberg and before the break she was giving us a whole bunch of wonderful tips on how to improve many many areas of our life and um, one of the things you frequently speak on Marnie is this survive and thrive and that comes from you personally having survived you know fires and floods and just a list goes on um, you know, if it's not too much trouble, uh, could you share with some of us and how how you got through all of that?
1: Absolutely. And again, you know, we were talking before the break about balance in our lives and hmm. having a life that is working. And what happens is if if you have um, if you have a life that isn't working, and then you're hit by a problem, you have less resources available to address the issue. Correct? True. 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 Yeah. Right. And so it's so important during our seasons of health, during our seasons of calm, mm-hmm. that we are that we are developing um, faith in our lives, that we're developing resources and friends, and you know, investing in the things that are most important to us. And one of the things I invest most in, on is my relationship with God, and, and that is just always there. And so for me, that was a huge part of helping me get through so many things. But um, having having the ability to choose joy or to be thankful in the moment when something bad is happening to us is huge. And I always tell people you don't have to be thankful for what is happening to you. Mm-hmm. You simply have to find something <laughs> to be thankful for <laughs> in it. Okay. So one night um, at our – it was a terrible storm. And one night uh, we we were over at the retail store that was flooding. Mm. And then we got a call from um, the restaurant that uh, Lightning Strike had struck over there. And the um, all of the electronics were out at that facility. And a tree was down. And <laughs> so it was like – <laughs> Right, <laughs> right, that's one, one night, okay, so. But you know what, oh, you know immediately, um, was So gr- I was so grateful that we had people. We had people who would help us. Nobody got hurt in either of those catastrophes. There were people that would help us, someone who would call us and say, you've got to come over here. Uh, mm-hmm. There was another night, there was another night that we had an electrical fire at the restaurant. And what was crazy about that one was that we'd had the electrician, we'd had, in fact, we had the electrical inspector, the county electrical inspector had come in himself to check it because we knew something. Something was going on, but nothing could be found uh, that was wrong. Until all of a sudden, we had sparks flying out of <laughs> the outlets in the restaurant. You know, and once again, um, we had people people that would come. We had firemen that would come. We have a we have a volunteer fire crew in our town. And you say, your your whole being just becomes overwhelmed with this gratitude. Yeah, sure, it's a pain. It's a hassle. It wasn't what we wanted. In fact, we tried very hard to avoid that particular outcome. <laughs> But, uh, but it is what we got. Mm-hmm. And having, having arrived at that place, you can choose what you're going to focus on. And I always say, you know, I want you to do something with me. All of you guys listening, do something with me right now. I want you to grab a piece of paper. If you're driving, don't do this, obviously. <laughs> but otherwise, grab something that you have in front of you. And I want you to hold it up in front of your face like you're reading it. Like you're reading a big newspaper. Okay? Hold it right up in front of your face. So are you doing that? Yes. Okay, so uh, what can you see right now, Lana? A piece of paper with my cue cards for today's show. There you go. Okay, now I want you to fold that in half so your hands are put together. Okay. okay. I always think it's like praying hands, you know, just that, that position right there. Now what can you see? Look straight ahead. What do you see?
0: Uh, My laptop, my...
1: Right, basically... Wall. Everything else. Everything else, yes. Right. Now open it back up again. All right. And all of that disappears, right? All gone. All gone. Okay, take your hands down. So the point of this exercise is to remind us that when we are in pain of any kind, what we tend to do, what the pain tends to do, is it tends to fill our entire frame of reference. Mm-hmm. all we can see is the pain, that's it, nothing else. All we can feel is the pain, all we can think about is the pain. <laughs> but yeah. As long as we do that, as long as we allow that, that's exactly what our outcome is going to be. We're going to have all that pain. That's yeah. all we're going to be able to see. As soon as we fold that down, put our hands together, okay, it didn't go away. I've still got it here, mm-hmm. but the reality is now I can see everything else. Lana, when we first bought our retail store, it was uh, the year before the recession. Mm. <laughs> so we bought this store with all kinds of ideas and hopes and dreams. And then we went into a recession and it was torture. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, we, we just, we, we had some resources so we could keep going and hang in there but the financial pressure was unbelievable. It was terrifying. And so what people would do is people would say to me, how do you like owning the store? (laughs) Well, well, First, I didn't really know how to answer because the reality was it was torment. It was torture. It was really, really emotionally trying because of the financial aspect of it. It was scary. We didn't know from week to week or month to month if we were going to be able to make it if we were going to be able to keep it going or if we'd have to sell out or, you know, do bankruptcy mm-hmm. or something. It was just so sad. So what I figured out after not too long was I would do this. When someone would say, how do you like owning the store? I would actually make a little box with my hand, like a gift box in front of mm-hmm. me. I would say, "I would say, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the money side of things, and I'm just going to set that to the side, and I'd put this little invisible box over to the side, and I'd look at them, and I'd say, we love it. We <laughs> love it. It is so much fun. We're learning so much. We have great customers, great employees, great vendors. It is so much fun to own the store. We love it. And that changed everything for me. Sure, I still had the box that had the money problems, but I didn't have to have that box consume my entire experience. And that's really what we do, you guys. We really lose focus on that there's more than just the painful box in our lives. I always like to think of there's four types of outcomes that we can have. We can have predictable outcomes, accidental outcomes, unavoidable outcomes or consequential outcomes. Mm -hmm. And the ones that we have effect over... Are the consequential? <laughs> that's the only ones. You know, the other ones you can predict. You can predict what's going to happen, but maybe you can't avoid it. You've got the unavoidable where you couldn't predict it, you couldn't avoid it. It was just going to happen. You know, I mean, a tsunami or whatever. I mean, yeah. you don't get to choose stuff like that. Accidental. That's when things accidents happen. Those are going to all those three happen to us all the time. We get to choose the consequential ones where we make a choice and we have a consequence for that choice. The rest of it, we had better learn to get our role with it. <laughs> Jive yes. on. (laughs) Otherwise, we're going to get swamped. Our little boats get swamped and we go under. That's right. You know,
0: and it's so important that we get a handle on this because it will trickle into so many aspects of our life. You know, I had just encountered um, a lady uh, last week and she was just so bitter, so miserable. Her energy was so toxic that, you know, it was really unsettling for me to be around her. But, you know, it was kind of like no matter what kind of joy you bring brought to her, she had, and you know, if she was so angry and so bitter, you know, how are you doing today? And I'm like, wow, isn't the sun shining? That's beautiful. But she took no delight, even in the smallest of things. And, you know, it was it was so apparent that you know, whatever was overwhelming her, whatever she was not happy about, whatever she was going through, it just, it just ran over into every aspect of her life that she could see no possible joy, no small nuggets that will allow you to carry yourself through these little traumatic or trying times that we're all going to go through in
1: life, you know?
0: Mm.
1: Absolutely. Do, you, do we have five minutes for me to tell you a story? <laughs> You do. You have five minutes. <laughs> you go, Marnie. You go, Marnie. <laughs> well, I was raised. I was raised in Minneapolis, and and really, I had my choice when I was a kid. I could either iron my dad's hankies, or else I could go, I could go out and garden. And I would always pick in the summer. Go down the basement and iron the hankies because I hated <laughs> garden. But I married a man who loves to garden. Dave mm. loves to garden. He just loves being hands in the dirt and all that. And uh, every spring, you know, up here in northern Minnesota, it's so cold. Every spring, he'd go out with the rototiller, and I don't know if you've ever seen somebody run one of those, but it nearly shakes you to death. In fact, <laughs> this one day, this one day, he comes in, and he, he, he comes in, he takes his gloves off. Well, he didn't have gloves off. No, he just comes in, and he, he goes, he goes, uh-oh, he said, my wedding ring is gone, and he had oh. rototilled his wedding ring into the garden, and uh-huh. he went and he rented, a um, you know, one of those metal detectors, and he yes. went, he, he found, I guess we had a garbage dump in our backyard or whatever, because there was so <laughs> much garbage out there, but anyway, he never found the ring. Uh-huh. So, but anyway, so he would, you know, on his way out the door, I was homeschooling the kids, so I was home full time. And on the way out the door, some mornings in the summer, he'd say, Marnie, you know, could you go, you know, weed the carrots or, you know, whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, well, whatever. Go, <laughs> you know, well, this one morning on his way to work, he said, Marnie, could you pick the beans? Today, could you go pick the beans? And I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go bye, you know. And then he <laughs> out the door and I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Let's go buy beans at the store! I Why know. I have huh? to, oh. So anyway, I was really ticked off, but I just, I just let that go. I thought, well, whatever, I probably don't even have time today to pick beans, so we'll see. Well, in the afternoon, it was... It was a nice day in the afternoon. There was just perfect opportunity, and I thought, okay, I gotta go pick beans now. So I stomped out to the garden with my bucket and my little bad attitude. And I sit down, and I start picking the beans, you know, picking the stupid beans. And I'm thinking, <laughs> about dumb Dave, who has to like to garden, and, and you know, and now why do I have to sit here anyway? And pretty pretty soon, I had this thought in my head, and it was like, is there nothing for which you can be thankful?
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you. And I thought, oh my goodness, I think that's God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because, you know, I mean, I didn't hear an all loud voice, but it was so radically different from what was happening in my head. Yeah. And I, I just stopped dead still and I thought, yes, 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 there must be something. And I looked around for the first time, really looked around and it was gorgeous. It was just this perfect blue sky, perfect temperature. And I said, well, thank you. It's a gorgeous day. And, and then I said, oh, And the mosquitoes haven't found me. And I tell you, in northern Minnesota, that's a big deal. (laughs) So I was laughing at the mosquitoes not finding me. And then I said, you know, honestly, I'm really grateful too because – My back doesn't hurt. I can be out here. I actually can do this job, and I'm not in pain, and I know people who couldn't do this job. So thank you for a body that can do this job, and even thank you for Dave. Yeah, I know I don't like that he's a gardener, but thank you (laughs) because I do like the guy after all. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm happily now picking the beans, and you know what? That really needed to happen to me right then, Lana, because I didn't know what was coming down the bean patch at me, but God did. Uh-huh. So, I'm going down the pick and beans, pick and beans, pick and beans. And this happened to occur three days before our 10th anniversary. And I get down and hear that crazy wedding ring had grown up and was hanging on one of those beans. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and I can't even believe it. I I ran in the house and I washed it off and I was like, Oh, my goodness. And at that time, we really didn't have any money. I didn't know what I was going to get him for our anniversary. Mm -hmm. It was just a time that was leaner for us, and it was like, oh, this is crazy. So I put it in a little gift box, and I asked him to take me to a dimly lit restaurant because it was kind of dinged up. And so (laughs) I gave it to him for our anniversary. But you know that really, really taught me? That it's so important to choose joy. And even, you know, I could have found that ring... And if I was still really mad and really grumpy about being out there, it wouldn't have meant half as much to me as when I was already happy. And that's what it kinda goes back to what we were talking about earlier. The time to make choices is not during the pressure times or not during the high joy times. The time to make your choices is during the everyday times. When you're raising your kids or when you're choosing for your own life, make the choices that matter during the everyday times because those choices are gonna come back and give you such great rewards if You choose joy. Gotta choose joy. Gotta choose. I mean, even if everything is falling down,
0: people say, "Lana, how you doing today?" I am blessed and highly favored with evidence, and that is always my Uh, standard. We are going to take our last commercial uh, break. We will be right back, Marnie. Hang in there. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host,
1: Lana Reed.
0: Hello, 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 and welcome back. Today, I am with the lady whose husband makes her go out there and garden. She's also the author of uh, many, many books, some of which are saying social networking, success in 15 minutes a day, uh, retreats made easy. Uh, right tools for ministry, Miss Marnie Swedberg. Now, before uh, we go, I want to make sure I cover some of the other wonderful stuff that you're doing. And one of those is WomenSpeakers.com. Um, when did you start that, and what is all of that about?
1: Yeah, that was 2000, 2001. It was amazing because I had this idea in my head that I needed to quit going out and speaking so much Mm -hmm. and just become a pinch hit speaker. But I was getting so many invitations, I thought, I don't really don't know how to do that. And it came in my head to do this, um, Christian Women Speakers Directory online and I just saw this blue clickable map in my head, a United States map and where people could just click on their state and then zone down to their local area and find a speaker near them and I thought, well, okay, and I thought, well, I don't know how to do that, but I can at least find a map and click to a me <laughs> so I just put it out there and now we have almost 2,000 speakers over there it's the largest online director of Christian women speakers in the world uh, we just have so much fun over there uh, do a lot of training for the speakers as well as training for the event planners which is an entire event planner training set as well as for women's ministry leaders who want to um, host events and have have women's ministry teams and know how to uh, run those and then there's also trainings over there for people who are in managerial positions so many people wear multiple hats a lot of gals who work in the church ministry also you know have a you know obviously have a family maybe but also mm-hmm. maybe our managerial or uh yeah, authors a lot of our speakers are also authors you know so a lot of these things cross over there's media training there as well so there's training for you know all the seven categories there that i work with and that's all available at womenspeakers.com
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So all the ladies, you know, that are interested in a speaking career, it is very, very rewarding. I will tell you that. Go over there to com and talk to Marnie, huh? Absolutely. Now, one of the, good. One of the um, other things that you do, uh, one of the things you speak on, and uh, I wanted to cover this earlier, but I got sidetracked with all the other wonderful stuff that you were talking about. Um, this Super Achievers, and there's an acronym that you use that I wanted to be nosy and find out more about was ABCDE Mindset. What What is that one?
1: Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, we're gonna say that there's people in life who are, are super achievers and I'm gonna categorize, categorize them to help you identify who I'm talking about. Are people like Olympians, mm-hmm. like pres, presidents of nations, CEOs of major corporations. By the time you arrive at one of those levels of success in your life, you're not living a normal life anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You have had to really make some very difficult decisions in your life to decide what you're going to do with your time. Mm-hmm. um and these pe we can learn some things from these people because they've really had to sacrifice a lot but in doing so they've learned how to make some choices that really give them a lot of joy in their life despite the fact that they can't you know basically you know sit down and watch TV for three hours in the evening if they wanted to you know they're spent <laughs> that time anymore so um what what i learned when i was studying them interviewing a lot of them what i learned was that there's really five basic things that they do do on a base on a just a a routine level it's just normal for them they wouldn't put them in these words but this is what it shakes out to be a b c d e a is for assess and assign value so no matter what it is you're thinking of doing you want to step back and you want to say is is this really something i should be doing mm-hmm. so there's all kinds of things that need to get done but if you're a parent of teenage children you probably shouldn't be clearing mm-hmm. clearing the table setting the table cleaning your house mm-hmm. um, there's things that you can really delegate to your kids and of course you want to do this with love and also with um, clear boundaries um, all these kind of things are so important but there's so many things that we can really have help with. Also, when you're assessing things that you have to do, for instance, let's say that you've decided that you want to drive your vehicle for 40 minutes a day to and from work. Okay, that's all right. If that's what is the best choice for you, that's great. But now what are you going to do with the time? A lot of people sit in their car and feel angry. Most mm-hmm. of the time they're in it. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. You are you are in a private space. I mean, yeah. When do you ever get 40 minutes all alone? There you go. <laughs> Um, so use that time uh, one of my jobs that I had when I was a single adult in the cities because I was a paramedic examiner and I would go from place to place and I would drive over 100 miles a day in the Twin City area and during that time I memorized over 300 verses from the Bible that were powerfully, um, powerfully zoned in on particular areas of my life and I memorized and went through those as I was driving and that was one of my favorite seasons of life because I had so much time to work on personal development like that um, so assess what you need to do and then once you decide what to do assign it some value make sure that you're getting the most out of it you can b is for batch batch everything we talked a little earlier about being in the kitchen and making one meal with one mess or having one mess and making many meals yeah. so i i like to use the analogy of going to a gas station we would never pull our vehicle into a gas station put a gallon in and drive away and five <laughs> five miles no. later pull in again we always what do we do we Fill it up. up. (laughs) Absolutely. Fill it up. (laughs) Because that's the only thing that makes sense. In other categories in our life, we aren't using that same common sense because nobody ever challenged us to think about it. Why are you doing things the way you're doing it? Is there anything that you can batch together to do it at the same time? When I run errands, I actually have a trajectory. I know where I'm going to go when in the order so that I don't do any backtracking, whether I'm in my vehicle or in the grocery store. I'm going to just go buy the thing one time, and then I'm going to go mm-hmm. home when I'm gotcha. done. So batch everything you can. There's lots more to all- This is like a two-hour program. so <laughs> <laughs> Dancing everything for us. Okay. Absolutely. Just really high, high scale here. Calculate. You want to see for calculate. You want to really figure out what is your best choice and you want to know how much this is going to cost me before i begin a lot of us in our credit card culture don't really think about how much something costs anymore we just wonder you know what the balance is on the credit card or what the balance is in the in the bank account but we don't really look at the item for its own value and say is this truly something i want or need we just say it's here it's on sale i'm going to buy it mm. so when when you're calculating calculate not only for purchases but also your time when you're going to invest time into something is this really the best thing you could be doing with your time or is there something better that you could do with those same minutes so I like to use the phrase every time I say yes to something I've said no to something else Mm -hmm. every time I say no to something I've said yes to something else this took me from being unable to say no to people because I felt so intimidated and honestly wanted to help Mm -hmm. but I, I really had to Figure out that saying no to them was saying yes to something else. So sometimes I would say no to someone. I can't come and help you with that because I'm going to spend that hour with my children. Okay, that's a wonderful thing to have in your head when you're calculating which thing you're supposed to be doing. You know, so the calculation is so important. D is for delegate. And mm-hmm. I love the analogy of, um, you know, all of us say, I can't afford to delegate. I can't afford to hire help. I can't, you know, I don't have anybody to delegate it to. But reality is that you already delegate a lot of what you do to other people. You just don't call it that. Mm-hmm. And so you can expand your horizons a little bit by using these two examples of delegation. One of them is LANA. Do you raise your own sheep and cotton and Mm -hmm. make your own thread and sew your own clothes, or do you delegate some of that responsibility to the store? Delegate it all day long. All day long. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to do so, right? And and Laura, do you grow all your own vegetables and raise your own cows and chickens, or do you delegate a little bit of that responsibility to the grocery store? I'm so glad I didn't have a husband like Dave, so no, I delegate that all day long. And you know what? You said when you were bringing me in that Dave made me go do it, never made me do anything. (laughs) We always choose, you guys. We always choose. We choose who we marry and then we choose if we want to serve them. We always get these choices and sometimes they're easier than others, but you're making choices. (laughs) Don't ever, don't ever let people just do things to you. You decide. So delegate, delegate, delegate. And one thing for sure, if you are not having your children help you around the house, you need to have them help you. They have to know how to run their own household. Pretty soon. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. not going to be with you forever. They're just going to be with you for a few years. They need to know how to cook. They need to know how to take care of a car. They need to know how to balance a checkbook. They need to know how to do all these things. And you are their parent. And so be sure to be delegating these things for their good, not for your own. You know, so you can lay around and eat truffles or something. But (laughs) they're good, right? Okay. And then the other bookend. So we started with the A, assess and assign value. And the other bookend is the E. That's for evaluation. What we tend to do in life is we assess and we assign something value and then we never think about it again. (laughs) But that's not a good thing. You're always wanting to, on the other side, you're always wanting to evaluate. Just keep on checking in. Is this still a good thing for me to do? Is this still working for us as a family? Is this still what we want to spend our money on? Is this still the best place to live? All of these things are evaluation issues that you can come back around. So A, assess and assign value. B, batch. C, calculate. D, delegate and e-evaluate
0: awesome i love it i love it i love it i love it i think that that is something that uh, we can all use daily 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 marnie we are at the end of the hour here i've so enjoyed you today um now give us uh, the opportunity here to go to
1: the website and buy the books which one should we go to to get your books Go right to Marnie.com and if you go there, there's everything available. One of the things that a lot of people like to do is if you join, it's a monthly membership. You can come and go as you want. If you join, you can get access to every last thing, all the trainings, all the ebooks, everything for one low price. And then you can just stay a member as long as you want or forever or whatever you want to do. Awesome. All right, everybody, Marnie.com.
0: Marnie, thank you for spending time with me today. I've so enjoyed your energy. Ah, oh, thanks, Lano. Such a joy to be here. Awesome, awesome. That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I'll see you all next week.